Welcome to the podcast. This is Coach Sarah Lacey of Nourish and Nurture. I show frazzled emotional eaters how they can lose fat, gain a ton of energy, regain body confidence and find actionable ways to take care of themselves. I can support you to de-stress your way to lasting weight loss without the need to ban your favourite foods, avoid holidays or nights out, nor do you have to do endless hours of cardio in the gym, unless you want to. I teach you how to master macros, mood and mindset so that you can enjoy lasting, sustainable weight loss by attending to easily actionable mood and mindset hacks that I have acquired across my 18 years as a psychological coach. Check out what I do and the results I get by popping over to www.nourishandnurture and check out the details of the upcoming intake of my Food and Mood Freedom Academy at www.emotionalregulationcoaching.com. Now let's jump into today's podcast. Hey everyone, welcome to the podcast. This episode, we're going to talk about menopause and how we can optimize food, mood and mindset to make the transition within and in, into and out of menopause. Uh, that little bit more manageable because it's really tricky it's distressing potentially to experience the symptoms of perimenopause and when you're in the transition between perimenopause and finding treatment for instance and managing your life your identity identity uh, your body and life stuff all at the same time it can be very very difficult and I wanted to dive into that a little bit more with you today. So we need to think about the hormones that we need to keep in mind. So it's not just estrogen or progesterone, it's also testosterone, insulin and cortisol we need to keep in mind and try to manage as effectively as we can. Some of the effects of lower estrogen include lower muscle mass, lower metabolic rate and can cause insulin resistance. And the increase in androgens, which encourages central weight gain, so weight gain around the, the belly, the meno belly, like we talk about. Insulin resistance is linked to cardiovascular disease, obesity and other diseases. So we need to keep insulin in check by managing blood sugars. And we need to manage cortisol through very careful and deliberate stress management. Cortisol affects sleep as well. And if chronic, can, we can become susceptible to inflammation, pain, injury, illness, low energy, low mood or mood dysregulation and poor appetite control. And all of these things impact on our weight gain goals, but also our mental health as well. And it's interesting that Lisa Massoni has a lovely piece of research where she talks about how cortisol shrinks women's brains at midlife. So this is um, a more exaggerated um, effect that the fluctuating hormone levels have in terms of um, women compared to men and high levels of cortisol can be linked in some pieces of research to dementia so it's really important that we take seriously how we can optimize heart brain bone digestive metabolic health everything and in terms of hormone balance and management it's helpful to think about perimenopause for instance where we have reduced estrogen progesterone and testosterone and this can have multiple impacts on the body and the mind 
So for example, low estrogen can increase core body temperature and lead to night sweats, while low progesterone means that the body's natural anti-anxiety influence isn't quite there. And so women can struggle to switch off and relax. And I know I have experienced that and many of my clients have as well. Low testosterone is linked to those vasomotor symptoms, so the, the night sweats, the hot flashes, etc., lower libido and lower mood. And then cortisol is on the rise in this period, in this transition, while melatonin, a hormone that controls our sleep-wake cycle, mood and immune function, declines during midlife. So we really need to pay attention to that hormone as well. So let's think about what we can do to optimize our um, menopausal transition uh, through nutrition. So the essentials would be, of course, to opt for good hydration, um, plant-based diet, less processed foods to keep insulin and other symptoms happy, systems happy in our body, um, limit alcohol intake, so we don't have to ban it, but limit it, incorporate protein in every meal, as we would do and as we'd always suggest for anyone on a weight loss plan, uh, but also just for general health. There's loads of health benefits for that as well and satiety benefits too. And aim for balance with your diet. So follow maybe the 80-20 rule, allowing your indulgences, but just not overdoing them. And thinking about non-food aspects of diet. So things that we consume in terms of media, even the people we spend time with. Some nutritional priorities to think about. So phytoestrogens. These are found in soy, flax, other beans and lentils, and they can help manage symptoms, promote insulin sensitivity and improve heart and bone health. With protein, like I've mentioned, it's super important and that can be found in meat, eggs, fish, beans, lentils, nuts, etc. Vitamin D is, is pretty important as well and it's actually a hormone. Um, it's produced in the kidneys and it helps to control the concentration of calcium in the blood and is vital for the, develop, the development of strong bones. So we want to be, be strong be mobile, be healthy in later life. And this is where we really need to pay attention to these nutrient interventions that we can use. Vitamin B12 is another big one. It's found primarily in animal foods and women over the age of 50 are at higher risk for deficiency. So low levels can contribute to brain fog and low energy levels as well. So we need to keep on top of, of, of that uh, vitamin type as well. Magnesium is a mineral um, that's often deficient in women's diets. Uh, we can find this even during our cycle when we we're, we're you know before we enter into the perimenopausal state. Um, and supplements can be helpful, but um, it's great for sleep, bone, heart, and mental health and mood. And of course, our omega threes. So these are essential fats found primarily in fish and can reduce brain inflammation and uh, can help with cognitive function and other aspects of health. So we need to consider supplementing uh, if we don't eat fish, uh, for instance, uh, even using extra virgin olive oil in, in, in other foods and other uh, meal prep. Uh, five main foods that I would suggest exploring for your hormone health would be your beans and lentils, like adding those to salads, soups or meals that you already make and maybe swapping chicken for chickpeas and add red lentils to your favorite soup. Secondly, ground flaxseed. So these are rich in phytoestrogens and um, can be added to say yogurts or salads again as well. 
um, soy. So it's really well known to help manage the vasomotor uh, symptoms of perimenopause and menopause. Um, so you could toss edamame beans, for instance, into a salad or try a soft to tofu in a smoothie. And also less caffeine and less alcohol. So those are the five main areas to, to, to focus on in terms of optimizing your hormone health. Top brain foods that I would suggest thinking about is um, eating more oily fish. So that's your salmon, herring, anchovies, mackerel, that kind of thing. Stay really well hydrated because every chemical reaction in your body requires water. So even 2% of water loss can con cause confusion, brain fog and lethargy. Dark leafy greens in terms of vegetables, uh, preferably daily, uh, are a great idea. You can get them into maybe casseroles or um, in terms of uh, smoothies even. Um, so yeah, getting those in is a good idea. And you'll be glad to know dark chocolates in, on the list as well. It helps cognitive performance and processing. And in fact, eating cocoa nibs while sleep deprived can reverse the effects of sleep deprivation, which tends to be affected by those vasomotor symptoms like the night sweats or the hot flashes. In terms of bile health, so we need to think about um, how our gut is responding and how our digestion is operating. And very often at this age and stage of life, we can have IBS-like symptoms. This is down to a couple of reasons. So one is the reduced estrogen that's affecting how the gut functions. And that in turn impacts on cortisol and adrenaline, which both of those things affect digestion. So where estrogen can increase cortisol raising blood pressure levels and reducing the production of essential stomach acids and that can result in a rather upset stomach. Another reason why we can have these kinds of symptoms and, and, on, and on a happy bowel or stomach or digestion system, digestive system, <laughs> you'll have to forgive me, I need coffee and I haven't had it in a few hours so that is why I am stumbling on my words. <laughs> So the other thing is to suggest, to, to mention um, changes in diet and lifestyle. That's another thing that can happen at this age and stage in life. We may be less active and turn to comfort eating uh, junk food or overly processed foods, which can trigger to constipation and bloating. And that in itself affects mood. And then we can go into a spiral of self-sabotage potentially by responding to the bloating with more overeating or um, like mindless stress eating, basically. And also changes in mood at this point in our lives and other menopausal problems increase stress potentially. And so your mood and your gut function is linked. And so stress plus brain fog and all the other menopause related symptoms create the perfect IBS storm potentially. So let's think about using nutrition for specific symptoms. So there's spices like turmeric, which is an anti-inflammatory and it binds to amyloid and prevents its growth, which basically means it helps your brain health. And there's some nice research suggesting that it could be beneficial in treating Alzheimer's along with vitamin E. Also uh, spices like ginger, cinnamon and saffron, there's growing research to suggest that these three spices can ease nausea, bloating and hot flashes. I would tend to use turmeric tea and ginger tea because I would feel quite nauseous. I'm 45 now and I'm absolutely convinced that I am perimenopausal and I'm currently speaking to my GP about what my options actually are. Um, soy products like edamame and tofu are really good for hot flashes. Omega-3 fats, from sources like fish, like we talked about before, are really helpful for cognitive function, skin, bone, and heart health. And then magnesium rich foods, such as your green leafy veg, nuts, and seeds are good for brain fog, lethargy, and mood.
I would also suggest using um, some CBT, which is I'm which I'm trained to uh, provide my clients with, and I use myself uh, because CBT can help us restructure unhelpful thoughts and core beliefs at this age and stage in our midlife. And common thoughts and thought biases are some of the following. So, I don't know who I am anymore. So we can actually over-identify with the problem and feel like we're in some sort of existential crisis potentially because our our body and our mind and our whole persona might feel like it's totally different to the way it was before any symptoms began to become evident. Another thought is I don't have enough control over my body anymore uh, or any control over my body. And that can lead to overgeneralizing and make you think like you can't do anything about it. Uh, there's nothing I can do to get rid of my minnow belly so that all or nothing thinking can be there. And catastrophizing, like I'm doomed to feel like this forever, they, like with the anxiety and the night sweats, etc. And one that I definitely um, w- would relate to is this sense of I feel stupid, therefore I must be stupid. Like I can't think straight, so I must be a, like I'm, I'm not good at my job or I'm not, um, I can't remember um the kids lunches or something and that emotional reasoning that's a cognitive bias called emotional reasoning where we equate ourselves to be the same as what we're the emotion we're telling ourselves so if i feel stupid therefore i must be stupid and it's really important to, to identify and challenge these thoughts because that's how cbt works and how it's really helpful for uh, finding alternative ways to think and that can improve our mood and obviously help us to think more rationally So some CBT strategies I would suggest would be to zoom out and get a bigger picture of all the things that you're doing well, the things you're in control of, the things that you value about yourself and your life, and um, also how you would like things to be in, say, five years time. Uh, Visualise what the future you would say or think and cognitive restructuring. So for instance, if someone thinks I'm not good enough to do my job anymore, I've heard that a lot with my female clients, uh, we can restructure that to saying or thinking, although I feel not good enough, I do know that stress, exhaustion and very little self-care will be distorting my view of myself. And there's things that I can do, like get to the gym and maybe speak to my boss about their unrealistic expectations of me in this role, that sort of thing. And planning activities that make you feel good. So activity scheduling is very important. That's another CBT strategy. And so we need to think about when we're aiming for this menopause um, mastery and really trying to optimise this this time in our lives, we need to think about improving insulin sensitivity and our gut health and our overall mental and physical health. So sleep really matters here. It helps to reduce cravings for high calorie sugary foods. It reduces stress. That means you've got a happier gut and it aids recovery and cognitive clarity as well. Stress management is crucial uh, where we need support. We need to be able to self-soothe and maybe like journal using exercise as well as a means to reduce stress and meditation perhaps. Staying active is really important because as women age, physical activity tends to decrease, leading to weight gain and decreased muscle and bone health. And of course, like I said before, gut health is really quite massive and we produce 90% of serotonin in the gut. So that will impact on our mood. So a happy gut is a happy person. So our bacterial profile in the gut shifts with age and that affects mood, weight, energy and can impact on the intensity of, say, the brain fog and other symptoms that we can see arising in the menopause transition. 
Resistance training is really important and exercise um, like cardio as well. Strength training in particular maintains muscle mass and that uh, that counteracts the natural decline in muscle strength and mass at this point in our lives. And it also works in with and ties in with eating enough protein to maintain that muscle mass. And then improving uh, bone density. So strength training really improves bone density. It reduces the risk of osteoporosis. Uh, it boosts metabolism, helping in managing weight as metabolic rates drop at this point in our lives. It enhances mood, it releases endorphins and can counteract menopausal mood swings. It improves balance and coordination as well. So all the things that we really need to attend to in order to have longevity and strength and mobility in later life. With cardio, we can think about, say, doing moderate cardio three to five times a week for, say, 30 minutes. And this would really help heart, brain and immune health. Resistance training um, is associated with reduced risk of cardiovascular disease. And there's actually a strong link between muscle strength, especially leg strength and cognitive health in midlife and also improved mood states. And lastly, for trunk mobilization. So that's where you have a strong core and right round to lower back um, where you can use things like uh, yoga or flow state activities to improve trunk flexibility and mobilization. Poor trunk flexibility is linked to arterial stiffness, which obviously relates to heart health. So we need to make sure we've got a nice, um, flexible, stable, mobile trunk and um, yoga and yoga based practices are really helpful for that. And obviously um, yoga is great for mood and cognitive function as well. And that comes from research from Yamamoto et al. And that's from 2009. So we're really thinking about how to optimise um, physical and mental health and create a toolkit. And this can include exercise, like we've talked about before, to reduce insulin resistance and improve um, muscle and bone health and mental health. Uh, we need to think about getting enough sleep, avoiding heavy meals or drinks late at night and not overdoing caffeine, nicotine or alcohol, especially not within six hours of bedtime. We need to think about our mental health. So having things that make you feel good about yourself and your life, perhaps doing a gratitude journal where you can set your intentions for the day and note positives, but also some of the challenges as well. Mindfulness based exercises are excellent and well documented and researched. So things like singing, dancing, you know, even mindful eating, brushing your hair, being mindful when you're putting on your makeup, breath work, that sort of thing. And as I said before, thinking about non-food consumption, so screen time and how you spend your time with him and uh, what you are being exposed to, because that impacts on your well-being. And lastly, the summary would be to figure out and attend to what you really need to deal with and thrive in your state of menopause wherever you're at in your menopause transition journey four tips i would give you would be offer yourself some understanding your body needs more than a meal plan especially at this age and stage in your life and so it needs to have evidence-based advice based on the changing needs of you and any woman over 40. next i would say offer yourself some self-compassion um, you can't loathe or punish yourself into a body that you love. You need a clear plan of how to nourish and nurture your body and your mind to thrive in menopause, not just survive it. Thirdly, mood management and movement. 
mood is greatly affected by, for instance, night sweats, hair loss, vaginal dryness, increased fat storage, reduced movement, making weight loss more challenging. So we must prioritise mood and movement and uh, manage the symptoms that we're dealing with. And that's different for each woman. It's very individual. But mood management and movement will help improve your overall well-being. And then there's also flexible nutrition. So you can enjoy flexible nutrition and um, eat how you like, but just, you know, you don't eat everything. You can eat anything, just not everything. And you don't need to feel guilty or ashamed for that. You can live your life to the full, but it's all about compromise, right? So you can live your life and still lose weight. You just need bespoke tweaks to get you there to protect gut, bile, bone, brain, heart health and mental health. I hope this has been helpful. If it has resonated with you in any particular way, I'd love to hear from you and I will catch you in the next episode. Thanks for tuning in to this episode. If you'd like to hear a specific topic featured in future episodes relating to fat loss or mental health, leave a comment below. If you're interested in a new approach to weight loss, a way to de-stress your way to weight loss and have lasting results by having access to a mental health specialist of 18 years and an award-winning nutrition coach at your disposal, do message me on Instagram at nourishandnurture or email me at nourishandnurtureni at gmail.com or you can message me on WhatsApp. I'll catch you in the next episode.